and good morning and welcome to this week's installment of the University of Georgia Griffin Campus News. Always great to have a live studio audience today. We've got a couple of people live in studio today. We are joined by Pamela Henry, who is the program director for the College of Agriculture and Environmental Sciences program at UGA Griffin. Joining her this morning is Brennan Jackson, who is the county extension coordinator for both Jones and Baldwin County. So he's very familiar with Gray and Milledgeville, which is somewhat in our listening area on the 88.9 FM side of the dial. He's also a current M Triple PM student on the UGA Griffin campus, and that's going to be the, the focal point of today's broadcast. But first, let's welcome our guest, Pamela Brennan. Thanks for coming, and glad to have you aboard. Thanks. It's great to be here. Thanks for having us. Uh, well, let's start with you, Pamela. This is your second appearance, being a former employee of WKEU. It might not have lasted long, but it still counts in the record book. You know, welcome back to the station. At, uh, uh, don't suspect a whole lot has changed but remind us about the four degrees that are offered on campus through CAES. Okay CAES is the College of Agricultural and Environmental Sciences. Um, We have three undergraduate degrees uh, agribusiness, biological science, and environmental resource science. Uh, Our graduate program we have is the MPPPM, the Masters of Plant Protection and Pest Management. Uh, Now you know why it's easier to say MPPPM. Um, and it is actually can fit with environmental resource science as a double dog and a double dog is basically um, how dual enrollment is between high school and college Uh, a double dog is like between college your bachelor's degree and your uh, master's degree so you can take your uh, senior year you can take classes for the MPPPM with your environmental science ma- major um, that will count both for your undergraduate degree and your graduate degree. So by the time you graduate with your bachelor's in ERS, you'll only have one year left to complete your master's. Okay, ERS. And environmental resource science. Now, how difficult is it to do the, and for lack of a better term, the double dog program dual enrollment? Is, is there any special qualifications that a senior has to, to dis- display in order to start on their master's while still working on their undergraduate, or is that open to all UGA Griffin students? Uh, if, as an ERS, an environmental resource science major, uh, it is open. Uh, you do have to keep your grade point up, your GPA up. Uh, if you have to, you cannot make below a C uh, with your in master's courses. Um, so you, you, you do have to keep that, you know, keep your keep your grade point up. Um, well, it's been my experience with the students at UGA Griffin. That's really not that much of a ch- I mean, it's a challenge, of course, but it doesn't seem to be an issue that would come up an awful lot. We given have, We have very high-quality students. The students that come to UGA Griffin um, are there for a reason, and they, they're there because they want to learn. They like the small campus atmosphere, uh, a lot of one-on-one um, instruction in labs and research and get a lot of opportunities that students don't get on larger campuses. Well just to remind our listeners who might not have heard your your previous program just remind our listeners a little bit about Pamela Henry who she is and how she managed to wind up on the UGA Griffin campus. Cool yeah I grew up in Barnesville Uh, did not know UGA Griffin campus when I was growing up it was the experiment station Uh, and even after UGA Griffin came into being on the experiment station uh, property, I still knew it as the experiment station. So um, I worked at the 
worked at Gordon for uh, close to, six, I guess, six and a half years, and from there have moved to UGA Griffin uh, to be program coordinator. Uh, it fits in a lot with the agricultural background um, on both sides of my family for generations, and it, it excites me to be part of something big like this. Well, given that you have an agricultural background, as you say, from both sides of your family, what led you into the course of higher education? Um, <laughs> I don't know. It just it seemed it being being moving back to Barnesville uh, after a time away. Uh, I started out at the the library. And then from there to Gordon, I, I like helping people find where they want to go in life. Um, so to ask good questions, to help students, like even at the library, to ask questions to see what, uh, what people really were looking for, even if they didn't know the right questions to ask. And so it just, it was a general uh, natural progression, I guess, to just keep going forward. Uh, I also homeschooled my kids for a lot of years, and I've always been interested in education and learning. Well, now turning our attention to Brennan Jackson, our guest today, who is a current triple M, triple PM. I can never say that right. I just, I'm going to have the, the opposite tact of you, Pamela, and just call it the Master of Plant Protection and Pest Management. It's easier for me to say. But Brennan, welcome to the program. Tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. Yes, so I started in uh, Cooperative Extension in 2013 uh, in the 4-H program, and so in January, I was able to switch over to the uh, Agricultural and Natural Resources Agent in both Jones and Baldwin County. Um, and so uh, it's been a, a really fun ride working with Extension so far. Um, and I, uh, I do like to plug that um, I do have a two-year-old that, uh, uh, that pushes most of what I do. And so, um, uh, so yeah, we... Uh, uh, in my current position, what we are engaged in is I, I do a lot of um, uh, home visits, if you will, in the sense of if you have an issue, give me a call and we'll come and try and figure it out. Um, and also uh, being kind of proactive with programming for, for people on the ag side of things. Well, almost every county has a county extension agent through UGA, and now you're doing two. And two that in Jones and Baldwin counties that have a fairly large agricultural base. How did it come to be, or do you know how it came to be that you were responsible for both counties when really each county kind of could use its own? So, I mean, does that kind of overburden you sometimes? No, I have... Um I kind of have it set where, you know, Monday through Thursday, for the most part, I'm in Jones County, and then Fridays, I'm in Baldwin County. So I'll answer questions from both wherever I'm at, but um, usually if I have to do something in person, it's more or less going to be in Baldwin County on Fridays. But um, any programmatic things that I do, it's offered to both. So it uh, it works pretty well. It um, and it's kind of, we're, we're gaining traction, I would say, in the sense of uh, clientele coming to use us. Baldwin County's been without an agriculture and natural resources agent for a while. And so um, Jones County went about a year without one. So it's just trying to get back out there, let people know we're there. Uh, so they can come and utilize our resources. What kind of engagement can you have with the community to let them know that you're there? The first thing I like to do is if... If somebody calls and they have an issue, um, go out and look at it. You know, have that face-to-face -face interaction so that um, they feel appreciated, 
they feel like you're not just saying, well, let me, let me get you a quick answer and get off the phone with you. And, um, and in, in that sense, I really do think word of mouth is still kind of a big thing because if, if someone has a good experience with the information we're able to give and all of that, they'll let somebody else know if they know they have issues. But obviously, you know, social media plays a big role as well. Well, getting in on the ground floor, what, what led you to UGA Griffin and your quest for a master's degree in MPPPM? Um, so this is, my, uh, this is my second master's degree. Um, but when, um, okay, before we get into that, well, we got to find out about yeah. your undergraduate and then your first master's. Okay. So do you want me to do that first? Yes, or? please. Okay. So, um, my undergraduate is in, uh, history. And so, um, I was going to be a history teacher. And you got that from what university? The university of Georgia. Okay. So I was at the Athens campus. And so, um, I wanted to be a history teacher and I kind of knew that going from high school on. And then uh, somewhere down the road uh, in my senior year, I felt the call into ministry and decided to kind of forego the history teacher thing. And I was going to be a, a, a pastor. And I went to Luther Ice Seminary in Lithonia. And so from there, I, um, I went and got my master's degree in apologetics, uh, which is a short story um, defending the Christian faith. That's basically what it is. And so um, from there, uh, I went and served in ministry for six years um, before I came to Extension. So once I got into Extension, um, I realized that that was more or less kind of my passion of what I wanted to do. I was working with youth, and, um, and that then uh, kind of led me, like I said, to in January being able to switch over to Ag and Natural Resources, which then led me to the MPPPM. Um, my background uh, un informally is in agriculture. I grew up on a cattle farm and um, always had an affinity for ornamentals. Uh, oddly enough, my, my thought process with ornamentals is there's an emotional attachment a lot of times. I grow things that I grew up with my parents growing and my, my grandmother uh, commercially sold uh, daylilies and all that kind of stuff. So um, the MPPPM was, was really more um, something that would just really benefit me moving into that Ag and Natural Resources agent position. Do you potentially see perhaps a doctorate in your future as well? I mean, you seem to be a good student and you don't, you know, seem to like the educational environment. Oh, I love learning, but the, the beauty of the MPPPM is it is a terminal degree. So um, there is a possibility uh, in, in another realm of, uh, or another degree program to pursue a PhD, but uh, in this spectrum, not necessarily. Now, how do you use your other two degrees, your undergraduate in history and then your theology, how do you use that as part of your role as a county extension agent? Can you incorporate some of the things you learned in those other two disciplines into what you do on a daily basis in Jones and Baldwin counties? Um, to a certain degree, yes. So for um, in the history program, it's very much... Uh, very much writing based and um, a lot of reading a lot of writing and i think that has prepared me fairly well to be able to uh, to write for um, what i do as an agent um, i'm not necessarily saying there's a ton of writing that i do but certainly you know with uh, newspaper articles or different fact sheets or things like that it it 
does provide a really good background for that. Well, many county extension counties that have county extension services have multiple staff members. Are you afforded that in your counties? Do you have help under you, or is this a one-man operation looking for expansion? We, in Jones County, there's three of us. I have a secretary and a uh, 4-H educator uh, along with myself, and then in Baldwin County, we just hired a new um, Family Consumer Sciences 4-H agent. We have a couple of uh, part-time program assistants and a secretary as well so it um it takes everybody to make sure the ship is ran smoothly is there going to be a possibility for you to expand the 4-h program i mean you know as you mentioned you know jones county went without it for a year baldwin county spending a a little bit longer time without necessarily a, a sure enough extension agent you know what do you do to get the the youth back involved which would in turn develop the future of, of county extension in both counties well the the wonderful thing about baldwin county is that they had um over the years they've had the uh part-time program assistance and so they have been able to really kind of keep the ship afloat and to keep students engaged and so having uh having an agent especially for them having the new family consumer science 4-h agent having someone to kind of provide direction and provide leadership that can only benefit that but you know really one of our biggest struggles from the 4-h perspective certainly was covid much like everybody else had issues of not being able to do things face to face um but it definitely gave us the opportunity from all aspects and program areas within extension to be able to be more creative in how we reached people with our research-based information well okay now getting back to to the uga griffin campus you know what how did you find i mean obviously county extension was a big part of it but outside of that what drew you to uga griffin was i mean somebody who has spent time on the athens campus you you had the big university experience how is that different for you now at a much smaller environment I definitely find it this atmosphere a little bit more inviting. Um, it's a lot more personable. Uh, I, I will tell you the the absolute honest answer is that the proximity from Gray to Griffin is about a 20-minute less commute than it is to Gray to Athens. So that was a really big selling point for me. When you have a two-year-old, 20 we, minutes means a lot. Yeah, and that was that was especially what it was, was like, you know, I wanted to be able to spend more time with my kid, even if it was 20 minutes, so or 40 minutes round trip. So, but um, I think the, uh, just the concept of a smaller, uh, I, I'm not uh, a smaller campus, you know, I'm, I'm not 19, 20 years old anymore. Um, I feel like it some days, but I'm just not. And, uh, you know, it um, having a smaller campus of a more intimate setting, like I said, really really enables you to flourish um, a lot more. You feel, you feel a lot less, and I'm not saying in Athens it is like this, but in just your typical large campus setting, you know, you feel a lot less able to be kind of swept under the rug or or what have you yeah the individual attention i would suspect and you know with your classmates are they traditionally non-traditional students such as yourself people who have you know have professional experience under their belt or or many of them you know people who just stayed in college got their undergrad and then went straight into masters it's it's kind of a mixture you you definitely do have uh, a good many uh, county agents who are who are in the program 
but you also have uh, the beauty of most of the classes we do. They're they're uh, undergraduate and graduate classes, so um, we we certainly have um, a really wide range of of students who are, like you said, have gone straight through. But maybe some of us who are coming back later in life, and so it's a uh, it's certainly a, a nice uh, dynamic there. Okay, I'm going to ask Pamela the same question, but Brennan, I'm going to get the answer from you first. The professors, what has that experience been like for you on the UGA Griffin campus where things are a little more one-to-one than somebody who went to the Athens campus might be accustomed to? Well, the the beauty of the MPPM program is that you get the fullness in the sense of professors of what the entire university community has to offer because most of these classes are broadcasted so they might be hosted out of like my weed science class last semester was hosted out of athens but then it's broadcasted via zoom to griffin and then to tifton and so all three campuses are taking that same class at the same time and um, luckily for me as a as a tap student or uh, agent you know, I I do get to take a lot of the classes in my office, and so that uh, definitely cuts my commute time a lot. And uh, but um, you get to like my pesticides and transgenic crops class that we're taking this semester. You've got um, it's based out of Tifton, and so um, in that sense, Athens and, and Griffin zoom in, um, but. Uh, Specifically to your question, though, the, the face-to-face interactions I've had to have, um, it, it's a really neat sort of uh, relationship that you can build because most of the professors you're dealing with are not necessarily 100% instruction because they're in the College of Ag. You know, they, they certainly have either a, uh, a, research, um, a, a research portion of their job or an extension portion of their job. So these are the guys and and gals who are out there uh, doing the work that they're then coming in and teaching you about. So that that makes it really wonderful. Well, Pamela Henry, kind of the same question to you, this being your first year as the CAES program director. You know, what has been your relationship with the professors and how do you see how they foster the educational experience for their students? They are available. um, And... They're, from what I have seen and heard, no one is ever too busy to answer a question for a student, to uh, try to help them. Uh, There is a lot of, like in labs, you can have three students in in a class in a lab um, at UGA Griffin instead of 300. So you have a you have a professor who is able to help you, you know, and answer your questions immediately and show you what to do right there. So you're you're getting a lot of the students are getting a lot more, um, I would say, almost hands-on and uh, that specific, you know, in, intense intense um, help that they need when they need it. Um, I I was going to ask you to. Brennan, for the M triple PM for county agents, why? I was just yeah. Why? Why is that? I mean, how is that going to help you in your field? This particular degree. 
so for me, um, you know, I grew up on, like I said, the, the livestock farm, and we raise horses currently. So, uh, not race, raise. Sorry, I might have said that incorrectly. And um, and so most of what I deal with as an extension agent, uh, regardless if you come from a uh, or if your county is uh, row crop, cash crop, vegetable, uh, poultry, dairy livestock whatever you deal with you're still going to have that homeowner aspect of of the community that's going to reach out to you that wants to know what's wrong with their lawn what's wrong with their grass or what's wrong with their shrubs what's wrong with their flowers or trees and so this degree gives you a really broad spectrum of being able to um, better yourself in the sense better your knowledge set in the sense of uh, dealing with uh, weeds, diseases, and insects with your row crops and vegetables and all of that and pasture management, but also enables you to be able to better uh, understand the problems of your more urban type things. Now, the, the, your fellow students, are there any other county extension? You mentioned there are some. Are they all fairly local as far or because of the because things can be done online and virtually now, is it a little more expansive across the state in terms of your, your classmates? Um, the extension's broken down into four different districts, and I think of the group that is in the degree program right now, I think there's some of us in three of the different districts. So um, all the way from southwest Georgia, southeast Georgia, and there's a couple of us in northeast Georgia. So an MPPBM is really good for an extension agent for several reasons. I mean, they, is it required to have a master's degree? Yeah, for an extension agent, we um, you can get hired on with a bachelor's degree, but, you know, the preference. They and, do encourage you to start working on yeah. your master's. We, we learned that last week with Bob Westerfield oh, okay. when he yeah. was our yeah. guest last week. Yeah, so, and, and so you the, certainly are, are going to need to get that master's degree. So the MPPBM so. is a perfect fit because you can use it all the time yeah and, and I, I i certainly get the the feeling going through class on a daily basis that anything anything we learn on a daily basis is something i can take and utilize in my community to better my community that day and so there, there's been countless times where i've sat through class and with within the week have used that knowledge that i gained for to help somebody in working with other county extension agents in this environment, do you kind of trade ideas? Like, what programs are you running? Hey, that sounds like a good fit for me here in Jones and Baldwin counties. And do you share information, some of the programs that you might be running that other extension agents might pick up on? Um, I would say to a certain degree. I think that we have, um, some of us who have sat through some of these classes together, we, we definitely uh, we definitely study a lot together. And um, but uh, from a uh, from a, a programmatic standpoint, um, we're all kind of different. Uh, thinking specifically with uh, one of my friends from southeast, the southeast portion of the state, he's in a big Vidalia Onion County, where we don't necessarily have that in Jones mm -hmm. County and Baldwin County. And um, it it I don't necessarily think that we share programmatic ideas, but uh, not that we couldn't, but it. It's certainly a, a really neat thing to kind of see just how different 
all of our jobs are. We have the same job title, we have the same responsibilities, but what we do on a daily basis can be totally different. Yeah, you know, I, I kind of want to get into that just a little bit, your, your daily basis thing, which a home visit for you, do you go to commercial concerns, growers and things like that, or is most of your s- single homeowner base, you know, walk us through a typical home visit if there is such a thing. Uh, so we certainly can uh, provide uh, provide those resources to um commercial uh commercial producers uh specifically speaking about a homeowner uh site visit it is um it's kind of up in the air as to what that is and it's it's really fun because you you kind of get that you kind of get that feeling that you're a detective and you're going to find clues to kind of lead you to to what's going on um and so usually what what i will do is um i have an aversion to looking like an idiot that is my uh that is my main, that's a good thing to have yes I, I, that is my main concern so i usually try to do some background work into what i if somebody's describing whether it be a, a disease or you know a weed problem or, or even insect damage I'll, I'll try to kind of do some background work before i go um, just so I don't step, walk out there and say, I know I just drove 20 minutes here, but I have no idea what I'm looking at. So, um, but, you know, kind of going and and taking a look at the surroundings because, you know, just just sending me a picture of what do you think happened here? I could, I, I could probably tell you what is going on with it, but not seeing the surrounding area might not necessarily help me give you some ideas to how to fix it in the future well you might get an overview but not a specific yeah so being able to go and look to see what uh, sort of environment that that plant is in uh, is really beneficial and so uh, but usually you know when i go on the site visits we go and we look at the the problem and hopefully it's something we can find out pretty quick if not then uh, i take a lot of pictures uh, and from a lot of various angles to try to uh, then if it's a disease issue, we certainly have a database that we can send that into with the university. Um, if it's a weed that I just feel like I can't identify, you know, I've made some contacts through this degree to be able to text people and say, you know, what's this? Uh, speaking about professors, like I just text former professors and say, what does this look like to you? Um, and I do that a good bit. Um, but, uh, you know, it inevitably you go out there to look at one thing and you end up looking at about 10 to 12 before you leave because it turns into one of those while you're here do you mind coming and looking at this and that's that's what i it, you never necessarily always look at the same thing certainly we're in the same everyone's in the same season they should all have the same potential issues if you will um but it's just uh, i don't know to me it's just enlightening and and fun to be able to go out and and help somebody even even if it's just in their in their front yard you know why why is my grass dying you know because while while that might not necessarily be their livelihood like a row crop producer would be that's still something that's just incredibly important to them or they wouldn't have called you so um it's just a it's it's a very 
a very fun, almost fast-paced kind of thing to do. Well, I'm going to ask you both to speculate here just a little bit, but for someone who is not an accounting extension agent, what what benefit would they get out of the Masters, the MPPM? What, what kind of fields could they possibly get into? and Where would it expand their horizon in terms of job opportunity? Well, I know um, we have pest control uh, continuing ed classes on campus. Uh, I'm, I'm going to say maybe twice a month. And uh, I always go and present just a quick overview for the MPPM to them because uh, pest control professionals, this would be great uh, for them. And one of the good things about the MPPM is that if you're already in like an accounting extension agent or in the pest control service, your internship, it's a non-thesis program, but you're in, you do an internship and your internship can be connected with what you're already doing on a daily basis in your job. You would work with your major professor and then that could, that could go with that. So uh, that, you can do that, uh, pesticide fertilizer, services, cooperative extensions, you know, state and federal agencies, it's wide open uh, with, with what you can do um, and, and how it can help because, I mean, it's with entomology, plant pathology, and crop and soil sciences. You choose, you would have an overview from all of, with all of those classes, but then you would focus on one, one specific area. All right, so when you hear the term plant protection and then you couple that with pest management, in terms of what it is that you learn in classroom environment, is it equally divided where you spend time on pathology and diseases and plants and then a separate how pests, bugs, insects affect that, or is it all-encompassing and everything just kind of runs together? Um, the the core classes that are required definitely is more or less an equal distribution of all three of the the departments that you're within, because you do pick a uh, a department to be out of, you then get a little bit heavier uh, doses of that. I'm in plant pathology, so we you know my by internships on plant pathology, you you take more classes within plant pathology, but um, sort of like the uh, the class I mentioned earlier that I'm doing this semester, the pesticides and transgenic crops, we have um, a plant pathologist, a weed scientist, and an entomologist who all share the burden of teaching that class. So we go through um, all of the different um, all the different facets of uh, modes of action, um, herbicide resistance or pesticide resistance, um, and transgenics all throughout all three of those different areas so it's it's really in in that specific situation it's very equal as to what you get out of it now i'm just i'm taking a a big assumption here but i am assuming that with your career as being the extension agent for baldwin and jones county and having a family that you might have to take your coursework a little more slowly than you might otherwise want to is that the case for you or are you on the pace that you wish to be on Oh, I'm certainly on the pace I, I would like to be on. I, I'm set to graduate next May, so um, it, it will have taken me two years to, to do it. And so it's it's really one of those um, one of those situations where you just have to you just have to do it. And so um, luckily, uh, having a two year old, she's in bed by eight thirty. So you know I'm able to do 
any of the studying or, or coursework that I have after she goes to bed and just get it done. You know, there's a lot of late nights, but, you know, it's not going to last forever. Well, you're, you're still a young man, but was you still fall into the role of non-traditional student. Yeah. Was there any apprehension in the beginning, you know, am I really able to go back to school with all my other responsibilities and if so how did you get past it and how does UGA Griffin help you in that cause? There was certainly certainly a lot of apprehension mainly because I'd been out of school for 11 years and uh, not only that but I had a lot of apprehension coming from a non-science-based background into a science program and that's a good point. um, You know there was a lot of apprehension of can I do this and um, and I I certainly am. I feel like I've done well um, and so far, and I've kind of proven that to myself. But there was also apprehension in, in, in what you're saying of, you know, I'm, I'm working a full-time job. You know, I have other things in life that, that take away from my time. And so how am I going to get all this done? And um, I think it's just like with anything else. You just you figure it out as you go and you make it work. Um, I think that uh, the Griffin campus and our uh, professors here and as I guess in general with the MPPM program, they, they do a really good job of working with you and, um, and working with um, not necessarily your schedule, but you know it's, it's not so it's not so much that you feel like you'd have to be a full-time student in order to, to get it done. You know, you can work a 40-hour week and do this program. How often do your classes meet? Um, uh, just like anything else, it depends. I'll say this week or this semester, it's Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and then I have two classes on Wednesday. So this is basically, I mean, to me, that almost amounts to a full load. Yeah, today's an off day since it's Thursday. So those but are still, all I mean, that's, that's a lot. Uh, and Pamela, is that is his experience typical for the students in the M Triple PM, where the classes are typically two to three days a week, and which allows them to to get on with life? Yes, I think uh, actually I'm going to let Brennan answer that more because uh, since I am new, new more newer to the job, but they, I think the classes tend to run. You know, it's not a cohort, but a lot of you will take sort of the same classes. On yeah, same yeah. Time. you would think, that, especially with the smaller class sizes, the people you started with are typically going to be the people that you finish with or at least close to with if they can keep your pace. Yeah, well, and, I, and I would say that's a, I would say my pace is, is a pretty standard pace. Uh, I'm not doing anything special. But, um, but the, I mean, the, the classes, are they, they work pretty much like an undergraduate was where you had a, hour and 15 minute class two days a week or a 50 minute class three days a week and um you know but i I will say too with being a tap student or a tuition assistance as a university employee um we're we are limited to how many hours we can take i think it's nine is the amount of hours we're allowed to take per semester so i mean that does kind of slow the pace i mean you could conceivably go faster but I mean, look, with I you mean, got. I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to. Well, I'm just. <laughs> yeah, I'm saying with with a forty hour job, and it and really, an county extension agent really doesn't have a forty hour week. You say that on paper, yeah. but when you start getting into the home visits, and you know, you can see a lot of ten and twelve hour days that sneak up on you. Yeah, and it's it's certainly not eight to five either. But you know, it, it's one of those things that I, I'm not to sound uh, like a, 
like a dreamer or a uh, a uh, you know motivational speaker, but it's one of those things that this is something that I 100% wanted to do and something that I wanted to do well at. And I think you know motivation is is half the battle. Okay, now we're gonna get, try to get a coolness factor out of you. You you lived in the in the Athens environment, so you're familiar with the big university life and the, the parties and the football games and all the social activities that go with being in Athens. And not to impugn them in any way, but aside from the professors themselves and the one-to-one attention that you can get here on the Griffin campus, what are some of the other notable differences that you've seen? I mean, do you do you find that you get more interpersonal friendships with your classmates just because you're so few in number and you know you just kind of get to know the ins and outs of one another's lives um from my aspect of of being uh the a lot of times the old person in class you um you know i think we certainly with with the people who are already in extension we certainly kind of bond together a lot more um so from a a coolness perspective I, i wouldn't call myself that. Well, I mean, is there something cool about Griffin that you, the campus that you didn't expect and say, hey, you know, that's pretty neat. Yeah, there is. Uh, I didn't think that I would not have to pay for parking because that is just such a big thing on the Athens campus. And so coming and I was like, wait a minute, I don't have to pay for parking like that. That basically sold me when I found that (laughs) out. But, you know, just the... You didn't have to hunt for parking. Yeah, I didn't have to hunt for it either. And so, you know, but I don't know, just it's quaint. You know, it, it is a is a really. Now, I, I would be lying if I didn't tell you. Every time I came to campus, I whipped out a map on my phone to see if I'm going somewhere new to make sure. Even this morning, uh, going to Pamela's office, I was like, I don't really know the name of the building, but let me look. And I was right in front of it, so I felt stupid. Uh, but look, I've I've been going to the experiment station for 30 years and still don't know my way around, so don't feel bad. Well, oh, y'all are making me feel much better. Thank you. <laughs> but you know, it's just it's not it's it's not the hustle and bustle. And I think you know I'm 35 years old and I really ain't looking for hustle and bustle anymore. So that certainly took that coolness factor down a lot there. But you know, I I think that is the the biggest thing is that you 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 go in you focus on what you need to do you're not um you're not rushing trying to make sure you get on the right bus at the right time and all and all of that and it's just it gives almost like a more it's just a friendly family welcoming feel well not that 35 is the elder statesman by any means but do do you have a a big brother factor as you were alluding to with some of the younger students i mean do they come to you because you already do have a master's degree so i mean they they look this guy can't accomplish and he's done it so do they come to you occasionally for advice or just just to talk or or single you out for study group i don't know about that uh per se i i'm sure it's entirely obvious i um i input my child onto everyone and so you know that that was always a big talking point and kind of weird too because you would ask somebody like what'd you do this weekend and they you know i went and did this party and did that it's like well, what'd you do it's like well we you know we took the kid blah 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 you know and it's it's obvious that you were at different stages in life you know but yeah my my answer to that is i used to do fun things on friday night like imbibe and chase women now i do cool things like laundry <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, I, I fully get where you're coming from. You know, Pamela, how, you know, 
with the te- with the professors on campus, are you developing the relationship that, that y'all are really starting in your first semester in this new position of getting a, a real feel for how they want to teach and how it affects your program? Um, that's a very mixed question for me because right now I'm still, there's, there are so many facets to my position I'm still in, you know, major learning curve on things. So uh, one thing I have been trying to do, uh, we have a lot of grad students that have taken their classes in Athens but are doing their actual research on the Griffin campus. I'm trying to think, it was like, is there like 30 different countries <laughs> represented on campus? But when, and most of, and they're, most of them are College of Ag students. So when when uh, those students are giving presentations, uh, this last week and two or two, we've had uh, students uh, defending their dissertations. I, when I'm able, I try to go to those to encourage the students, to support them, and also to meet meet more people. Now, this week has been a crazy week, so I've missed um, two that I really wanted to go to, but that is something that I'm doing to to try to to meet people and to not be stuck in my office all the time doing all the computer background stuff or else going to, you know, high school, college career fairs. Yesterday I I was with uh, Dr. Waltz. We went to Lamar County uh, High School FFA uh, to to talk with them. So, uh, you know, I'm doing a lot like that. So, like yesterday, I learned more about Dr. Waltz just because we Super guy. Yeah. Super guy. So, so it's, it's going along like that uh, that I'm able to get to know people. Are you getting feedback from students yet as well to help maybe bring things to your attention that you might not have been aware of just yet? Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, as I, I'm, I'm the advisor for the undergrad College of Ag students. So, you know, as I, I've had several that have come to me with, you know, things I needed to talk about, um, you know, to and sometimes my a lot of times my answer is I'm not sure how how what the protocol is for UGA let me find out and I will get back to you and let's meet again at this time um, so I'm learning I'm learning as I go along because a lot of times I don't even know what I, you don't know what you don't know right so um, it is it is very good that way and I'm getting good feedback from students as well you know just thanking me for helping them or somebody might just need an adult to listen to them that's not emotionally involved with them you know sort of thing so it's it is sort of all over the map with with that well getting back to the students that come to athens to complete their research at uga griffin you know is it across all disciplines in the college of ag and and what are their experiences like? I mean, culture shock is not the right word, but is there some sense of that coming from a big campus to where you're a little bit more under the microscope, under the lead of your professors at UGA Griffin? Honestly, I, from what I have gathered, I think our international students especially feel more comfortable on the Griffin campus because it's not so overwhelming and they you do get to know the people in your program who are researching with you in your lab your professors I it is it is a tighter community Um, and since 
they are they are mine in the sense that they're College of Ag and they're on the Griffin campus. Um, but I don't, you know, I'm not their right. primary advisor. Their 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 faculty person they're researching with is is that. But I'm available for whatever if you know as needed. Well, because Griffin is a little bit smaller of a campus, Brandon, you know, virtual learning was certainly no stranger to UGA Griffin well before the pandemic. But for you who, you know, went to college, you know, 10, 11 years ago to get your first undergraduate degree and then your master's, was there any adjustment period for you doing classes virtually? Or was that something that you just kind of hit your stride with immediately? Uh, it was it was kind of weird for me it would be it, I, I it couldn't do it weird. especially when you go to answer a question well I had to I had to give a I had to give a presentation on uh, uh, integrated weed management plan last semester and I did it on zoom well I had a I had two of them I had to do last year and man that's weird I mean it's just kind of it's you you can't really hear yourself like you feel like you should and you know you're hoping that you have your screen set to where you're leaning into the into the thing to look and it's not your face you know it's actually your presentation and so you know but that's just me i'm not i don't really like talking on zoom and so but uh from the aspect of sitting there and learning it you you learning the material you you definitely have it's it's just as easy to ask a question it's just as easy to um to kind of pop in as as opposed to where it may be in more of a traditional setting you'd raise your hand to get attention you just kind of unmute yourself and and input yourself and do the conversation but you know it's um from the aspect like of presenting it was odd but i I do definitely like the the concept of, of of zoom now just having gone through it and you know certainly you know, certainly during COVID, we all zoomed like crazy. But, and, you know, I came in to this degree program after the majority of that, so I was used to the Zoom thought process. But it, I, I don't feel like not being in the classroom is uh, is terrible. I, I, I potentially might be a little bit more interactive. I think. Well, getting back to your your professional career as an extension agent in Baldwin and Jones County, you know, COVID interrupted a lot of programs that that County Extension was doing. I mean, Spalding County here, was they would have egg handling. They would do all sorts of different programs. Have you been able to get back to any live presentations, or is that something that you're still having to put on hold? I I know in in Jones County uh, around October of 2020, I I went to our – commission board and said you know here's the parameters the university has put on us so within these parameters can we start doing in-person stuff again and they said yes so and and you just i don't don't know if i'm contradicting myself of saying i really enjoy doing class on zoom but trying to do programming on zoom is is a little bit more difficult You, you lose a little bit of that of that personal touch that personal character i'm not going to give as much of my personality on a zoom session well and show and tell it works a whole lot better when you can show yeah and to me you're doing it virtually makes that a much more difficult proposition yeah. a hands-on thing i think is really important yeah. for learning. but I, I will say just to you know brag on the organization that i work for i mean i i certainly think that extension did a phenomenal job of of handling 
programming during COVID. And there, there were so many things that I heard my colleagues talking about, things that they did. Um, I know the things that, that we were doing was, was quite, it was quite fun for me because, you know, like I said, you had to be creative and, and figure out something new. And it was, uh, it enabled me to, to be a little bit more creative and to uh, learn some new skills. So I think it was, from that aspect, it was great. Well, Pamela, it's something that, that's cool about Brennan that I think, and I don't know that I've heard this before with any of our previous students, is that he he's someone who came in without so much of a science background. And I love that. When he and I had a Zoom a few weeks ago uh, about something with MPPM, and it's the first time I'd met Brennan, and uh, we had such a fun time on our Zoom and at the end, I knew this program was coming up, and I was like, Brennan, do you want to come to Griffin and let's do the radio program together? And, it, and, and one of the things I love, besides he's a great storyteller, uh, <laughs> you know, but is that he, he does represent that you do not have to go the traditional pathway of being a science major or in the College of Ag and then doing the MPPM and then getting... You know, history degree, seminary, and then MPPM, that's about as a windy path as you can get, I think. And, well, and that's my life in a nutshell. And he's killing it. He's doing great. Um, so I love that because he can sort of be the poster child for me of, you know what, don't let it throw you if, if you didn't grow up or didn't go to college for science. You know, it, it is possible. And here's here's somebody that's doing it. How, how hard was it to come up with the groundwork? You know, you, you everything that when you're dealing with M triple PM, I mean, everything starts at a baseline. There has to be that foundation. And if you're not more scientifically driven like some of your classmates may be, how difficult was you to get the terminology and the basics down before you could add on to your present base of knowledge? Um, I mean, for me, that would be the hardest part. Well, I do want to say I don't think I'm the norm at all. Uh, but I, uh, it, it wasn't bad. I mean, it, it wasn't. I didn't. I've I've yet to have a moment, and I'm sure it's coming. But I've yet to have a moment that I said to myself, "Oh man, I'm in a little deep," you know. And so it. Uh, and I think it's because, like I said, I mean, I, I I grew up in agriculture, so some of the terminology is is exactly the same and you know if if it's something that i feel like i don't understand then you know you just dig dig deeper into it study ask questions figure it out and so i don't necessarily think that i've i've had a moment to where i i felt like i said a little bit over my head well i know you this has been asked and answered but could you reiterate for just for my sake have you been able to use what you've learned so far at UGA Griffin in your professional life? I mean, when you go on a home visit, have you learned a plant disease or, or a pest problem that you see in real-life application? You say, oh, I remember this, and yeah. been able to help the people in your counties? Oh, certainly. And I, I do think I do think that it's, it's not necessarily it, – a lot of this stuff comes with, comes with time. The more times you see like, – let's just – because I – I did a presentation for a garden club the other day, and they all looked at me like I had horns grown out of my head because I told them that I love weeds. And it's not that I love that you have them. It's just really interesting to me. And so it 
there's a there's a ton of species of weeds so the fact that somebody would say like i got a really good handle on all of them they're probably lying unless they're 100 years old and have been doing this for a long time so it's not necessarily in in my point of view it's not necessarily there is a certain amount of i i can take this directly from what we just talked about whether it be like um uh dealing with corn earworm uh or or dealing with other uh entomological pests you know knowing having learned something specifically to then go and apply it that day i I, that is something that does happen but what i really enjoy is it's basically you don't necessarily have to know everything today you will figure that out as time goes on but it almost gives you that that pathway or that roadmap of how do i figure it out what are the steps that I need to take to, in order to, because I, I can tell you right now, anytime I go to a site visit, I, I can't guarantee you I know, I'm going to know exactly what something is, but it's, fig, it's it's teaching you how to figure it out. And so that that to me is what's worth, it's worth its weight in gold. Do you use UGA publications as a source material? Because I mean, they, they have oh, yeah. so much online available. Well, and I, I think that it's, it, def, it definitely, definitely gives you a, a certain almost like a head start than everybody else because you know what to look for um i I had a a a person from another county who doesn't have an agent right now send me a picture of uh azalea yesterday and said what is this and so what's going on with my azalea so being able to look at the damage that was that had taken place you know i was able to use what we've learned in class over you know the past year and and kind of start working toward finding that answer it was lace bugs but you know at least now that i was able to you know take that journey to figure out how uh what it was i now know what lace bug damage looks like for the next go round. but the classes that we've done get you to that point where you um where you know where to look i guess is a big thing oh pam i've got to ask you this uh Gee whiz, I lost my question. Uh, we, we talked about how Brennan was, you know, not your typical science student that came in. And you mentioned how that, you know, should not be an obstacle. What obstacles do students face when trying to get into the CAES program at UGA Griffin? I mean, what, what are some of the more common things that you've seen in the early going? Is it transferable credits? Is it, you know? Yeah, I mean, we're, we're a transfer-only campus, so... Uh, students have to get those first 60 core hours and not just any 60 core hours they have to be the correct core hours core classes for the degree they want to go into so um, the earlier I can talk to students the better so if, if if a student is you know thinking about doing dual enrollment I want to talk to them if they're thinking about doing College of Ag in uh, Griffin to make sure that when they when they go to Gordon or Southern Crescent or wherever to get those core classes, um, that they're taking, you know, a science major, major biology, not just a general biology, or or whatever the case may be, to make sure that they have the things so they don't have wasted credit hours, they haven't wasted their time and their money or their Hope Scholarship, you know, so they can, you know, do that and then slide straight on over, come on home to UGA Griffin and get those upper division courses for their major there. So that is, I mean, we do, we do find those transfer credits. It's like, 
you know, you, you still, you're still lacking six credits that you need before you can come to see us. But the earlier we can get to students to talk to them, the better. So high school students are great, you know, but still, even if you're already in college and doing it, contact us, get us those unofficial transcripts so we can look at it and um, get you on the right track to get to us. And even as it's while you're still in high school, it's still not too early to consider. Oh, you know what? Uh, ninth and tenth graders are, are great because they're the ones looking at dual enrollment, you know, so 11th and 12th graders, those are great, but if you know, the sooner the better. So, I mean, think about how great it would have been in 11th grade to know, okay, this is what I'm gonna do for the next four or five years. You know, graduate high school, do dual enrollment, have, these are the classes I need to take. I'm gonna have a, I'm gonna have a college advisor at whatever school I go to to get those core credits, but the program coordinator, so which would be me, at, um, UGA Griffin is going to be my main advisor. So see what the see what the advisor at your other college says. Then before you sign up for classes, run it through the program director to make sure to make sure that it's the right thing to take. It shows you what a changing world. When I was in the 11th grade, I didn't know what I was going to be doing five hours from now. But to to keep the fashion plate Elizabeth Laney off my case, let's get in a couple of announcements before we close out today's program. The UGA Research and Education Garden will be featuring Spring Fest Sunday, May 1st. That'll take place from 1 to 4 p.m. The event is entirely free and open to the public. It will feature a dozen educational booths that will be agriculturally themed. You can bring the entire family to discover what agriculture agricultural scientists do and spend the afternoon learning the uga research and education garden is open to the public monday through friday from 8 a.m to 5 p.m they have special events throughout the year it's across the street from the campus 129 west ellis road you know exactly where i'm talking about for information on degrees offered on the uga campus be they undergraduate or graduate through the four university colleges you can get that information by visiting the easiest most navigable website in the world griffin.uga.edu or give them a call 770-412-4400 and take a personal tour. They will set this up for you and take you all around campus to show you what it's going to take to finish your degree or perhaps pursue a higher one. Tours are scheduled throughout the year. Again, the number is 770-412-4400 or the website griffin.uga.edu. We want to thank our guest today, Pamela Henry, the program director for the College of Agriculture and Environmental Sciences programs on the UGA Griffin campus. And Brennan Jackson, it's been a pleasure to meet you. You've been a, He's a current student in the MPPM, which is the Master of Plant Protection and Pest Management at UGA Griffin. He also serves as the UGA County Extension Coordinator for both Jones and Baldwin Counties. Any final thoughts before we close things out for the week? This has been great. I appreciate it so much. I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed it and appreciate it. It's been a pleasure to have you, and we hope that you will make your plans to join us 167 hours from right this very minute when we bring you the next installment of the UGA Griffin Campus News.